Welcome to the Authorpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, thriller writer, Amelia Hay. On this podcast, I will bring you writing, book marketing, and self-publishing advice so that you can create your dream author business, build your author platform, and be creatively independent. You can find the episode show notes and lots more information on the podcast page at ameliahay.com forward slash podcast. So I've been thinking about where I should take the Indie Author podcast from here, and I've decided the next logical step is to move forward discussing outlining techniques and writing the first draft. But before we can discuss these elements of writing, I need to share with you the basic elements of story structure. Understanding the basics of story structure will help make outlining a little easier. In light of this, I've created another audio mini-series just for you. So how will this mini-series work? I'll record a series of short episodes every week focusing on the three-act structure and its various elements. This means each separate plot element will have its own episode. I want you to be able to use these episodes as reference tools as you write and outline your stories. Why three-act structure? Why three-act structure and not four-acts or five-acts or the hero's journey? Most stories that we read or watch observe the three-act structure. This is especially true of screenwriting. We naturally tell stories using this type of structure on a day-to-day basis. Every story that we tell obviously has a beginning, middle and an end. Three-act structure also helps you control the pacing of the, of the story. The reason why I really like three-act structure is that it reminds me of a curve graph where it's all building towards a certain point and it drops off and resolves itself at the end. It makes sure that you're not just having a bunch of action scenes, that you're putting in character development and you're making sure that you resolve everything at the end, you're not leaving everything hanging, which leads me to my final benefit of three-act structure is a great tool to use if you're just starting out and learning the craft of writing. You don't necessarily have to use three-act structure all the time, but while you're still learning how to tell a story, it's actually really good to use this as you outline and as you write your first draft and even revise. In screenwriting, the three acts are referred to as setup confrontation and resolution. I really like this terminology because for me it describes what needs to happen in each of the three acts. So act one is naturally the beginning of the story. This focuses on the who of the story, the problem. As a screenwriting phrase I shared earlier said, it sets up the story. So this is usually the first 25% of the story. This isn't set in stone. You do have a bit of leeway with how long act the act one should be but keep in mind the story should take precedence over the structure if you're Act one is, say, 28% of the story, that's okay. Just make sure that you do hit a few of the necessities that you need to cover in Act one. So focus on, you know, is the story compelling? Is it moving the reader forward to the next act? If it isn't, if it's lagging, then you probably need to cut back in some way in that first act. But first, focus on telling a great story. And this three-act structure is really to be used as a guide to help you tell a 
a story that's compelling, that's paced well, that keeps the reader moving forward to the ends. I just want to point out that I will go over these elements of story structure in greater detail in the upcoming episodes, but right now I want to give you a macro view of story structure. So the first thing you really need to do in Act 1 if you want to follow this three-act structure is present the story world and the characters. You really do need to set up a rich and interesting world and characters that the readers can relate to in order to pull them through to the rest of the story. You also need to establish the tone the reader will rely on. Tone tends to have a lot to do with the genre of the story. You'll get different types of tone depending on the genre so you'll get a different tone if you're writing a cozy mystery than you would if you are writing like a hard-boiled mystery they're very different one has a very lighter tone and the other ones can be quite gritty so they're two very different types of tone that you would need to establish in the first act one of the easiest ways to get a reader connected to a character is introduce their ordinary world and then create an inciting incident. So an inciting incident, just in a nutshell, is something needs to happen to disrupt the ordinary world of the protagonist. And creating this problem after you created like a little bit of a bond between the reader and the protagonist is what's going to pull them through to the story. If you do this well, they will want to figure out what happens next. This should compel the reader to continue on to the middle of your story. It's at this point that you need to introduce the opposition as well in whatever form it may take in. There's no point sort of setting up a character and a world and sort of having an inciting incident if you don't sort of show the opposition. And the opposition doesn't necessarily need to be like a person. It can be like environment, government, a religious organisation or even like a spiritual being. Like a lot of religious thrillers will have one person acting and then they unleash this sort of spiritual being and that then sort of becomes the antagonist or the opposition in the story. It's really important in the first act that you introduce the opposition in whatever form it takes. If you're writing a mystery, you need to keep the murderer a secret, but you don't have to be obvious, but you do need to present some type of opposition to your protagonist to sort of create that conflict because without someone or something opposing your character, you don't really have much of a conflict. You can have internal conflict, but you won't have that much of an external conflict. So at the close of the act, you need to present this problem. And the act one problem is what propels your protagonist toward the core of your story and obviously into the second act. You need to set up the first act in such a way that the second act, which is the biggest part of the story, makes sense. That the first act is a natural springboard to your second acts. is the middle of your story. It's where the final confrontation is established. A series of battles between the lead and the opposition occur and it's really where your protagonist just struggles. And as I sort of said, it is the middle of your story so it does cover a huge chunk. So it's twice as long as your first 
act. So it's about 50% of your story. Again, as I said with the first act, this doesn't have to be exact. At the moment, I'm revising Immunity and the second act of Immunity is 53% of the story. So it doesn't have to be exact. The story is more important than getting all of these percentage figures for the structure correct. So story is more important. So in this second act, you need to deepen the character relationships. And this is what keeps the reader caring about what is actually happening in your story. Just a side note, it really depends on who's going to read your story. If your story is intended to be read by women, these character relationships are really what's important, whereas men tend to remember more plot based parts of the story. I've read a few of the Lee Child Jack Reacher novels and what I remember most from those stories is the relationships he has with the women he meets along the way, with the other police officers and people in the town that he happens to walk into. This is what I remember most. I remember the character moments more than anything else. But if Roland were to read the same story, he would remember a completely different set of things. He would more remember the events that actually led to the resolution of the story. Whereas I read the first Lee Child novel and I can't remember the actual plot of the story. Now that I'm here sort of talking about it, I can't actually remember it, which goes to show because I'm female, I tend to remember the character relationships more. And this is what keeps me caring. So it's important that you understand what the different sexes gravitate to as they read a story. So you need to keep this in mind, but you still need to deepen the character relationships, no matter if your audience is for men or women because it's, the plot's not going to make too much sense if you don't have strong characters who interact with their environment and the people around them. So it's this, just like Act 1 was a setup for Act 2, Act 2 is the setup for the final battle that will wrap things up in the end. So this occurs in Act 3, but we need to lay the groundwork in Act 2 for Act 3 to make sense. So the protagonist needs to struggle and fail over and over again, and this is quite often referred to as the try-fail cycles. The protagonist needs to learn valuable lessons needed to defeat the antagonist in Act 3. So you also need to make sure that these try-fail cycles are for a purpose. They're not just trying and failing and then they don't use any of this information they've learned in Act 3. Usually during these try-fail cycles they will reach the midpoint of the story. This is the point where something unexpected happens and changes the worldview of the protagonist. They essentially learn that their plan will fail and they need to, I guess it's regroup and make a new choice. And as Act 2 transitions into Act 3, this is usually in the 75% mark of the novel. This is when the biggest disaster usually hits in your story. This is the moment where everything goes wrong for the protagonist and it really is the lowest point in the story. It's like the curve graph really dips before going up again and then down. This disaster can be the result of actions taken earlier on in in the second act to correct the numerous things that go wrong for your characters. So quite often they'll do something because this went wrong and this will take them on a path to somewhere different, somewhere where they didn't expect. And then they're left at this point where they're like, oh, this isn't going to work out. The reader really needs to get a sense that it's a huge possibility that the protagonist may not get what they want. This is sort of true to life, really. You don't always get what you want. That's always a possibility in life. And I think it needs to be true of the stories you write and the character. You need to give the reader a real sense that they're not going to get what they want. No matter how your story resolves, they need to reach a low point in order for the ending to really be satisfying. 
third and final act is the resolution of your story. It usually takes up about 25% of your story. And again, this isn't an exact science. You just focus on the last quarter of your story being the big resolution. So in this resolution, your protagonist takes the problem to the antagonist. The protagonist puts their new plan into action using all of the lessons learned over the entire course of the story. Act three needs to build to a climax, which is essentially a final showdown between the antagonist and the protagonist. This is sometimes referred to as the hero at the mercy of the villain scene. This terminology comes from the hero's journey. So the core conflict of your story needs to be resolved at this point. So the act three builds to this final climax. This first section of act three is the climax. So it builds to this scene where you've got the hero versus the villain. And in this scene, the core conflict needs to be resolved. And after this, all the loose ends need to be tied up. These loose ends are usually subplots. And just a side, another side note, when you do write your first draft, if you do outline your story, you will notice that even if you, even when you outline and revise your outline, there will still be loose ends that you've forgotten to resolve at the end. And you'll have to go back and revision and make sure these loose ends are tied up. But if you're writing a series, it is perfectly normal to leave a subplot hanging that will build and be resolved in future books. This is exactly what I'm doing with my James Alonso series. There is this tiny subplot in Immunity that isn't resolved that builds upon the next book and the next book after that. And then it reaches a point where it is resolved and James finds closure. So the ending of your story needs, needs to give the reader a feeling of resonance. The reader really needs to leave your story really thinking about what your story means in, in a larger sense. You need to leave the reader thinking. This is obviously the, a concept theme and giving your story meaning if that's what you're into. Theme is something that you don't necessarily have to pur purposely put into your story. As it's famously said by Stephen King in On Writing, he does touch on this. He says that theme is something that evolves as you write and you re constantly rewrite your story. And this is true. I've seen as I've revised Immunity, I've noticed that there is a theme coming up in the story that I never intended and as different people will read your story they will get something different from it so you can't purposefully say this is the theme of the story this is what I want my reader to get because each reader will get something different and that's okay so that's the basics of three act structure if you're interested in doing further reading then I highly recommend plot and structure by James Scott Bell it's the one book that I've kept coming back to time and time again I do have a lot of books on my bookshelf that talk about plotting and structure and dialogue and all of those writing things. But this is the one book that I keep coming back to. And the reason for it is there's just something about this book. James Scott Bell does such a great job of really explaining three-act structure in terms that are simple. And he focuses on the reader experience. He doesn't focus on you know, the mechanics of it. He does a bit, but it's more based on writing a book that the reader will enjoy and get a lot from. I really recommend that you read this book. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. As always, I have to ask, are you struggling with story structure? I want to hear from you. Let me know by coming over to the blog post and leave me your questions in the comments section. Thank you for listening to the Authorpreneur podcast. If you love this episode, then hit the subscribe button and leave a review on your favorite podcasting app. I'm your host, Amelia Hay, and I'll see you next week for another episode.